right, Jabronis, we're back. Another week in the books, back in the studio in the LPDS compound. We survived the bumpocalypse at the Cuse, at Syracuse. Not, I'm not really going to talk about that anymore or, or bring that up. Maybe later on when we reconvene with the team from, you know, from the trip, we could talk about it. But bottom line, uh, Syracuse is a dump. I feel bad for the good people that live there and for the, the students of Syracuse University and the other colleges up in the area because the town's a dump. Leadership must be garbage, failing miserably up there. There doesn't seem to be much money at all put back into the into the city. There's a, uh, there's a few small businesses up and running and trying and doing a good job. A couple entrepreneurs trying to keep things alive, but... Holy crap, is that area depressing. On top of that, there's bad weather. On top of the shittiness and the bums, there's bad weather constantly. So if you know anybody who lives up there, empathize with them. Like we say, understand where they're coming from. If they're shitty to you or hangry one day or they sound sad, we, we all know why now. Because if it's not snowstorms and rain and cloudy days, it's abandoned buildings they got to deal with, or the rampant bum problem of them literally chasing you down to get something out of you food, money, booze, toilet, anything. So I feel for the people up there working hard, surviving. Because that's what they're doing. They're surviving. So empathize with those people. Think about them when you think you have a shitty day here in sunny in the sunny part of America. Remember them. And that's all I have to say about that. Now, I don't know if you can tell. I can't tell if I'm sweating on screen. If you can see it or not, everyone in Podcastville, consider yourself lucky. I just got done with a run. What time is it? It's 9.30 p.m., 21.30 in the middle of the week, so my whole night is shot. I got home from work late, and then I had to run. Now, I didn't have to run, but as you all know, rule number one of the big three, exercise every day. So wanted to get that in so I'm not a fat loser to get that endorphin rush, a little dopamine surging through the bod so I could feel better about my myself feel better about you know not having to live in Syracuse and also and I'm I'm not announcing this to brag because there's nothing uh braggadocious or 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 anything like that for me at all usually ever but the Marine Corps marathon is now going to be a live event this year after being canceled last year and initially was going to be a virtual run, it is now live and yours truly is signed up once again for that. So now I got to get my fat ass back into marathon shape to survive that. Now, when I say marathon shape for the Libretti Podcast Diary Show host, it is not Boston Marathon qualifying times here where I'm breaking two hours or anything like that. I'm, I'm trying to survive. 
like those those warriors up in Syracuse, I too will be trying to survive this race. Just getting one foot in front of the other for 26.2 to finish strong. So I will be training for that. And I'm announcing it to you heathens out there. I got to think of a better word to call you guys. You're not just heathens. You're other things too, I'm sure. Good things. But I need you to hold me accountable. Make sure I'm getting my training in, getting my long runs in. That's the key is to make sure I'm getting the long runs in during the training sessions, the training phase, so that when it comes race time, I might be going slow, but I'm still going to be going and I'm not going to be failing and falling out and, uh, and, and being a piece of shit bum on the side of the road. So another race I'm, I'm actually excited for, I'm not excited for marathons. They're tough. They're stupid. The only reason I sign up for them is because I need to challenge myself physically and mentally. So that'll be a good challenge, but a race I'm excited for. And there's another motive behind why I'm announcing this again, not to brag because I suck at running and, uh, look at me. I'm a short, stumpy Muppet. So I'm not out there looking for, you know, the gold medal here. But in November, two weeks after the Marine Corps Marathon, which is in the D.C. area, in November, they have one of my favorite events when it comes to physical fitness or what have you, is the Rocky Run in Philadelphia. Now, if you don't know anything about this run... It's, you have the options, you have three different options essentially for this run, which I like. You have the 5K that you can do if you just want to knock out a quick 3.1 miles in Philly and end in front of the steps where Rocky ended his runs. Then you have the 10 mile option. If you want to do a 10 miler, slight, you know, a little bit more for the intermediate to higher level athletes. And then the third option is what they in the business call the Italian Stallion Challenge. This is when you run the 5K in the time limit to make it to the starting block for the 10 miler, then run the 10 miler right after, totaling 13.1 miles, which if you do the math is a half a marathon. I did the math for you. You're welcome. Now, what I like about this is it's a half marathon, so it's a good distance to break people out of their comfort zone, but it's not going to kill you physically and, and mentally and emotionally like a full marathon does to me every time I do one like an idiot. And it's the Rocky Run. You finish in front of the steps of that building. What is it? The art? museum or what have you where Rocky ran his, his runs in the movies. And if you don't know why that's so important and exciting to me, then I don't know what you're doing. Listening to this show. You don't deserve to go back several episodes ago, months ago when me and Nikki sticks had a two parter disgusting, just Rocky. That guy changed my life. That character changed my life. And to be able to recreate at least that portion of the character 
you bet your damn ass I'm going to be excited to go for a run, which is you're never going to hear from my mouth again. Never again will I say I'm excited. Now, why do I tell you this? Great question, guys. I love where your heads are at tonight. I'm telling you because I have started a bully campaign to get my brother, Nikki Sticks, the cigar architect, Nick Papa Giorgio, to also sign up for the Rocky Run. Now, little history lesson for you guys. Nikki Sticks, several years ago, was in a bad way weight-wise. I believe the doctors called it morbidly obese. Now, Nikki Sticks turned his life around, and a couple years ago, he actually completed the Rocky Run with me the first time I did it, the only time I did it, actually. He, it was slow and tough and difficult for him, but the bastard was headstrong. He stayed strong, and he finished a half marathon. And he was only at the time, he was still about 280, 275, when he finished it, which was unbelievable. I, I was like crying by the finish line that he was finishing it. I want him to do it again. So I need your help. I need you guys to help me convince the sticks to run the race one more time. He's in the best shape of his life right now, and it's only getting better for him. I want him to own that race, not just survive it. I want him to own it because I know he can. You know he can. Help, help the LPDS out. Help a brother out by getting my brother to sign up for it. So when you see him on the Instagrams or in person or the Facebooks, give a little shout out in the comments. Hey, Nikki Sticks, Cigar Architect, you should sign up for this. It'll be fun. You can do it. And guess what, Nick? I know you're listening. You're like one of two regular followers of the program. I know you're going to hear this. Sign up for the run. Do it for the brothers. Am I going to guilt trip you? Not right now. But I know someone in my hip pocket with the first name Crazy, last name Carol, who will have no problem guilt tripping you to help me out in this effort. So remember that it's not a threat. It's a hip pocket option. Think about that. Sign up for the race. Let's own it together. Let's have a good time. But first, step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. I did my... My notes are on the computer today because I didn't do my notebook. I was in it was a hasty uh, a hasty note taking session, so I did it on the computer because I had it in front of me. Now today's into the cage segment is proudly sponsored by All American Athletic Supporters. When any young man begins his journey in sports, there's no more important aspect of that journey than having the appropriate support. The problem is the outdated one-size-fits-all options on the market today just aren't cutting it for the individual growing athlete. But now, 
All American athletic supporters will fix all that by providing a custom athletic supporter to stand by your little athlete, cheer him on, shit talk the opposing team, and provide any other support needed so that your kid can go out there with confidence each day, even if he absolutely sucks at sports. So, to reserve a hand-picked All-American Athletic Supporter today to stand by your kid's side, visit www.feelingsneedsupport2.com and use the promo code SAFESAC for 5% off your first month of having the supporter next to your child. 5% is a pretty good deal, folks. I looked at the prices. That gets you a significant price point off your first month, which is good. And as we all know, there's nothing more important than coddling the feelings of your young athlete through their journey of sucking at sports and requiring participation trophies. So get an athletic supporter today. They're vitally important. Vitally. Now, the cage fact. I'm sure you're all tracking this. This was kind of a big deal when it when it came out originally. It was sort of like a uh, a very just a popular viral sort of situation. In 2011, now we're going back a ways for you folks, some of you guys. 2011, somebody posted a Civil War era photo that looked exactly like Nick Cage on it, except Civil War era wearing that garb. It was from the Civil War time frame. That's what Civil War era means. Complete lookalike of Nick Cage. He posted it on eBay to sell the photo. And it started this conspiracy theory that Nick Cage was actually a vampire and he just never dies. Maybe Nick Cage, the actor, might quote-unquote die, but real Nick Cage, the vampire will live on and be reincarnated as something else. Politician, some sort of public figure, teacher, athletic supporter, what what have you. This guy posted on eBay and was originally asking for a million dollars for the photo. What's even crazier, because there's obviously no certificate of authenticity that this is, in, in fact, Nick Cage, Obviously, there were still 78 offers on the listing. Then out of nowhere, the listing completely vanished off of eBay. When you go to search it, the item, whether it's the item number or you look it up by title or whatever, gone. Completely off the grid. Nobody knows what happened to the listing. Nobody knows what happened to the photo. Nobody knows what happened to the guy who posted the listing of the photo. Starting the conspiracy. He vanished. Now, as I prepare to put my tinfoil hat on when I was reading this originally, one of the theories I had out there kind of kind of validates the original conspiracy that he's a vampire. Why is this guy gone? Why is this photo gone? Why is the listing gone? But Nick Cage survives, persists, endures. I don't have an answer. Just something for you guys to think about at home. 
again, we're always trying to get you to use your brains, critically analyze a situation, get all the facts and figures, rem try to remove emotion from the equation and sit there and critically analyze a situation. So I'm throwing that out there for you to come up with your own theories based off of the evidence provided. All bias aside, of course, just like I always do when I'm providing a Nick Cage fact. So that's the fact of the day. There you go. Now, moving on to the junction, spin the logo up. I don't really have a lot to talk about today. In fact, this actually, I, I was going to originally continue down the dark negative path of absolutely bashing Syracuse immensely for for just utterly failing the people real quick this this town has several colleges one of them being a huge huge d1 school very popular d1 school syracuse university you might have heard of it they have a triple a baseball team in this town the syracuse mets i think they're called triple a baseball for the mets they have like one of the top five largest malls in the entire country, also in this town. Meanwhile, we're talking maybe 40% of the buildings and infrastructure in Syracuse downtown is completely condemned, dilapidated, and abandoned. Almost up to 40%, it looked like. Every other building almost was closed, abandoned, dead. Now, I will give probably a little bit of the credit to that, to COVID, closing some businesses down. But honestly speaking, it's not. it wasn't COVID. These buildings have been dilapidated and condemned for quite some time. There are... Endless parking lots that were built and created, I guess, in the hopes and dreams that other things in infrastructure will, will come about, that people will be coming in by, you know, in droves to go hang out in Syracuse. But no, it's dilapidated buildings, it's empty parking lots, and it's a, it's a rampant homeless problem. And not just any homeless where they set up tent city and, and, and keep to themselves and do their thing. It is aggressive, aggressive. I don't even know what to call them. Moochers. That's not even a good, that's not even a good word. It doesn't do it justice. These people were aggressively looking for something from people offering up nothing in return, no services, no nothing, just aggressively coming at you barely coherent trying to trying to pick you apart for for part for pieces i don't know nobody was doing anything about it no one was helping them out no one was corralling them putting them in in some sort of a shelters or nothing they were just running wild police nowhere to be found anyway no more on syracuse syracuse sucks feel bad for the people who live there the good people and shame on the leadership that continues to allow this to happen embarrassing now, what I really want to discuss now, again, it's, it's, it's a quick one, but I felt it was pretty important, especially 
you know, as we as we've discussed more and more the importance of of mental health and and finding ways to get through hurdles and obstacles in your lives and just providing a little bit of motivation. Now, I don't personally believe that motivation should be the only way for people to get shit done in their lives. Motivation is is very fleeting. It comes and goes so quickly that if you're relying solely on motivation, you're going to get four steps out the door, you're going to lose it and you're going to go right back inside and be, you know, a depressed loser or whatever it is. So, I firmly believe more so in discipline and powering through even the least motivating times, but to provide a little bit of motivation, maybe kickstart, prime the pump, if you will, as S&P 1 always says, Sausage and Peppers 1, I, I want to talk about something I saw on my run today. Now, I ran, I ran four miles in my run, which was longer than usual because, again, I started training, so I had to push myself. It was an embarrassingly slow four miles uh, for myself. Physically and mentally, I felt rather defeated. It kind of hurt a little bit. But what got me through the end, again, it, it provided me that little bit of fuel, that little motivation I needed to finish strong. I'm, I'm heading back to the house. There's a, there's a walking path outside the LPDS compound that stretches miles back and forth that I can run. It's a nice little, you know, safe, quiet little little run for me. It's not like the boring treadmill or a circular track. You get to see some new sights. So I'm heading back through some parks and some other how you doings, and I'm dragging ass, dragging ass. My my legs are tired. I don't know why, because I've been running three miles a couple times a week before with little issues. For whatever reason, today I was dragging ass. I'm, I'm getting tired now, like endurance-wise. My form starting to get all uh, lazy and jacked up, making me more tired. And then mentally, I was just defeated. I wanted to just walk the rest of the way home in in utter embarrassment with my tail between my legs. But then I saw this old man. He came around the corner and onto the and onto the walking path. Now, mind you, I'm running at this point. It's about eight p.m. Libretti standard time while I'm running. So it's still light out because we're in the summer, but it's 8 p.m. Now, anybody who knows anything about old people, about geriatrics, knows that 8 p.m., their complete their day is completely done. They ate three hours ago dinner. They showered. And they're in their pajamas, their slippers, their cardigan sweaters, and they're watching their programs for the rest of the night. 8 p.m., this guy comes around in his 70s, easily in his 70s. And if you couldn't tell by his look and his gray hair, you could certainly tell by his attire. He, he was dressed like Rocky <laughs> with the sweatsuit. The, the sleeves on the sweatsuit, because it's warm out, were cut off. He was going almost full LPDS sleeveless style, but instead he was doing like a three-quarter sleeve variation, modification, if you will. So it was custom to that old man. He had a headband on 
to absorb the sweat from his gray hair. And his sweatpants were now sweat shorts that he himself custom cut. And of course, of course, he had the striped, the horizontal striped tube socks and New Balance sneakers that he was running in. This guy was textbook old man. Textbook old man. He looked like the Mendel bombs from Seinfeld when they went to work out. If you don't know what I'm talking about, find out what I'm talking about. The Mandel Bombs owned the crepe store in Seinfeld. What the hell was the guy's name who played the part? Graham something? Lloyd Lloyd Bridges? Lloyd Bridges. That's it. Graham something. Libretti, you idiot. Lloyd Bridges. Go look him up in Seinfeld as Mr. Mandelbaum. That's what this guy looked like to a T. They were brothers. They were the Mandelbaum brothers almost. It was unbelievable. Now, what was more unbelievable about this old man, this 70-year-old, likely a Vietnam veteran old man, is he's running in the park. He is running. He's not on his walker. He's not walking his little teacup shih tzu, how you doing, dog, with his wife. He's moving his ass in a jogging pace faster than several other people in there, including myself. He even had this this strange, probably custom made by Medicare, this strap harness thing to keep his shoulders from hunching forward because he had a little bit of a hunch because he's an old ass man. Okay, he's probably been to war and all that war pain really weighs on a man. So he's hunched over. He has this harness to keep his shit together and straight so that he can power through a run with some decent form and he's not hurting himself. But what was wild to me was that he was running. And it wasn't a slow, like, trudging, half-assed, sad-looking run. He was jogging. A legitimate run. 70-plus years old. Now, I'm sitting here at this point, right before I see him, ready to walk the rest of the next half mile back to my house to finish in shame my weak-ass four-mile run. I'm ready to walk, I'm, and I'm, I was okay with it. Yeah, I ran farther than usual. I'll get there. Don't worry. And then this man shows up. Now, I can only assume... He's retired. I don't know. Based on his ability to run and his motivation and discipline to get his ass out there at 70 plus years old, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy came back from his job at the factory or something as well. But this guy, his ability, his mental ability to be a geriatric, a probable war veteran, with decades of war pain piling on. This is not the fake war pain that I talk about that I have. This is real war pain. If you're a Vietnam vet, which I'm assuming he was, he looked like it. If he's not, I apologize to other vets, but he looked like he was. Now, if you're a Vietnam war vet, you had to deal with absolutely treacherous combat conditions. American lives getting lit up on a regular basis by the guerrilla warfare 
of the VC, the Viet Cong. Treacherous conditions out there. Then when you came home, not only did you have to endure the fallout of the Agent Orange that, that was you know, strewn everywhere during that war, you have the emotional shell shock, what they called shell shock back then, PTSD, war pain that you got to deal with. And you had a country who did not support the war and they were getting bashed. The veterans at the time were getting bashed for it. So we're talking decades of that man having to live with all of that. And he was alone. So there is there could be a possibility that he lost his loved one and he still gets his ass out there, 70 plus years old, hunchback. He needs to be held up by a harness and he's still got his ass out there to get exercise in, to get the endorphins through his body, to stay healthy physically, mentally, emotionally. The discipline it takes for someone like that to, to, to continue doing that, continue going out for a run, even if it was a half a mile, even if it was four steps out his damn door, this old bastard was out there running. It was the most unbelievable thing I've seen all month, easily. Now, I know June has only been like one week. I'm talking like in the past month time frame, not just June. Most impressive thing I've seen for so many reasons. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here about to, about to fucking quit my run like a beta bitch boy. Sorry, T, family show. So I got to, to thinking. I stepped back mentally. I stepped back. I kept running, but I stepped back mentally from my beta bitch boy ways to really analyze and think about what's going on with this guy that he's able to endure whatever he's got going on in his life because you know there's more, I'm sure, that he's got to deal with. He's an old-ass man. I'm sure he has other health problems he's dealing with. He's got the hunchback. He's got the war pain, the possible dead spouse. All these possibilities that he's carrying with him, he's still able to get out there and run and exercise and push to the right. So why am I being such a beta bitch boy for a measly extra half a mile when this guy is doing all that? And that was the kick in the dick that I needed to finish the runoff, finish it running and not walking and failing, but finish strong and get my training run done as I was supposed to originally. That was the athletic support that I needed. Now, I said previously, I don't necessarily believe motivation should be your only means of getting shit done in life because it's so fleeting. But times like these are a perfect example when motivation works and is most effective to get you started in something and to help you finish something when you need that little extra kick in the ass, that little extra athletic support to finish strong. That's where I believe motivation comes in. And that's where exactly, exactly where it came in for me tonight 
on this run. And it's something now that I'm going to lock away in my brain so that any time I'm feeling like a beta bitch boy, which will be any minute now because it's been happening so often to me lately, it's been embarrassing. But now I can go into my archives and my brain bank and think about this this old bastard, this tough old bastard who has way more things to worry about in his life, I'm sure, way more issues that he's had to deal with and triumph over and overcome. And he was still able to get out there in his custom running gear, in his custom harness, and run his 70-year-old ass off to get his exercise in. Because the big three is important to him too as, as well, it seems like. And that's something that the feeling might be fleeting. You might see that, you might feel some motivation, and then you forget about it. But what I'm telling you guys to try to not do is not to forget about it. You're not going to see things like that very often in our lives, especially these days as we continue to coddle and weaken our society. Now, years from now, the pendulum will swing back and we'll get tough people again. But for now, we're not in that, in that phase yet, folks. So you got to appreciate when you see these tough old bastards or anybody going against the current status quo and providing that motivation to you, whether they, they know they are or not. He didn't know that he was motivating me. But let me tell you something. I looked into this bastard's eyes as I ran by him. He was running one way. I was running the other way. And we locked eyes. And I gave him a little fist pump and a wave, and he gave me a wave. And you could see in this guy's eyes that he is he's dealt with some shit. They were heavy eyes. But they were determined eyes. And you're not going to see that very often these days. So when you, when you experience that, when you see that in your lives, in whatever form or fashion you might get to experience that or see it, whether it's with an old person on the street, your grandparents, and even just a kid doing something that is kind of against what we normally see these days, anything, lock it away in your brains. Use the motivation immediately as fuel to get through your day or whatever you need to do but lock it away in your brains for future use because then you can go back to it and remember how you felt when you saw this person overcoming and enduring. And then that'll re-motivate you. And things like that, those little baby steps that you take to gain the re-motivation or to keep going after something or to finish strong, that will build the discipline in your life. So that you don't have to rely on solely on a motivation alone. You have a disciplined routine or regimen now where regardless of how you're feeling emotionally or physically, you're going to get your shit done and you're going to work your ass off doing it. And the best way to start it is by locking these memories, these experiences away 
and remembering them so that you can use them again to keep pushing to the right. Because that's what we're trying to do here. Always pushing to the right. As slowly as you might have to go, keep pushing. And this guy pushed the shit out of me. And I'll never forget it. You all know how I feel about old people, especially if they're war veterans like my grandparents. I have nothing but respect. I can go on and on for days with the stories I have and the lessons learned from my grandparents and all the older people from that generation that taught me so much and and helped create who I am today. So I'm going to lock that memory in. That guy reminded me so much of, of people from my family just dealing and trudging through shit after shit after shit situation, but still finding a way to get after it. And that is something is so rare. You gotta, you gotta lock it in. You gotta remember that stuff so you can go back to it when you're feeling down like a piece of shit and you want to give up or you want to skip a workout or you don't want to read or study or whatever it is you're doing. You just don't feel like doing it. Go back into your vault, your brain bank, and remember these people that have been dealing with so much more hardships and they're still enduring. And that's all I got for tonight, folks. With that, we'll talk about the big three because clearly this all connected. I, that goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. You see where we're connecting the dots here, folks. This particular story goes, you know, overtly talks about explicitly the exercise, number one of the big three exercise every day. Because even the littlest amount of exercise helps you physically, mentally, emotionally improving your health. Now, this particular instance helped me before I even finished my exercising. It made me feel better emotionally, toughened me up mentally so that I can physically finish my exercise routine for the night, my training. That little thing. I saw this guy for 15 seconds. 15 seconds. That's all it took. Little things like that can be so important to progressing us to where we need to go. 15 fucking seconds, Terrence. Family show, I know. And it it completely turned my day around. The rest of my training, the rest of my evening, completely turned it around. Number two on the big three, don't be a shitty person. It's so easy to be shitty and troll people and see an out-of-context situation, whether in person or on the internet, and then go in on somebody and be an asshole to them or make fun of them or talk down to them or judge them, get on your moral high horse and be a text message tough guy. Very easy. That's the easiest thing to do. What's not easy is stopping doing that, stepping back, 
and understanding that this is a human being that is creating this, that's, that's giving you such anger issues or an emotional reaction. And that there's a reason, there are reasons how this person, why this person got to where they are today. Whether that they're a shitbag, they used to be good. Everybody starts off good. I got news for you. Serial killers aren't born, they're created. Okay? Asshole corrupt politicians are, are not born, they are created. Something happened to them along their lives that turned them from a good human being to a corrupt piece of garbage. And at the very least, we can try to empathize and understand that before we just pass judgment, blind judgment, out of context judgment on somebody. So please don't be a shitty person. Think about others as human beings. Remove your emotions. Empathize and understand where the other human might be coming from before you pass your judgment. And number three, most important, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. That 70-year-old son of a bitch is not out there running if he's not thankful for all the good he's got. He's got two working legs. He's got a pumping heart. He's got a fresh sweatsuit, cut sleeves, cut shorts, and he's taking full advantage of it. He's not taking for granted. He's not sitting there sulking and bitching that he's old and tired and he doesn't have to run anymore because he's not trying to impress anybody. His wife's likely dead. He's got all that war pain. But he's taking advantage of the good stuff he has in his life because he's grateful for it, I'm sure. Now, I'm making a lot of very positive assumptions on this guy. He could also be a serial killer. There is that possibility. But I tend to think that he's not trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I believe him to be a war veteran, widower, dealing with war pain, toughing it out, enduring. But if you're not grateful and thankful and not understanding of the good that you have in your lives, it's very tough to have a positive outlook. And it trickles down to everything else. When you don't have a positive outlook on things and you see things more negatively in your lives, it's a little easier to shit talk that person via keyboard cowboyness. And if you got that negative attitude, it's a, it's a lot easier to not go and exercise because what's the point, right? You see how everything intertwines and connects, folks? We're not stupid here at the LPDS. We got to figure it out for you guys. It's all connecting. Be thankful and grateful for the good you have in your lives. Whether it's riches, food, water, toilet, or it's a working pair of legs so that you can get your 70-year-old ass out there for a jog or even a walk or do something, taking advantage of that and not taking it for granted. The easiest thing we can do in that regard is take the good things we have for granted and focus on, on the negative shit in our lives and hone in on that instead and completely forget that we have so much good going on right now. And that there's likely so many more people that are dealing with more tough negative shit 
and hardships than you. But for whatever reason, this day and age, the focus is always on on them on people on on themselves. Hello, Libretti. The self-centeredness is running rampant, and and people seem to think that the wor- world revolves around them. There's nobody else, and it creates this this depressing, stress-induced, anxiety-laden society of people who only see the negative in things. And they're just in this fog of negativity war and they can't whoosh the fog away, swoosh it away, power through it, walk through it, do whatever to, to remember that they have a lot of good shit going on in their lives. So that's why I harp on that. That's why I believe that to be the most important. That's why I go on and on and on about the big three each and every time when I'm sure you think I'm a broken record, but I'm going to be a broken record about it. This stuff is important. Get it locked into your brains. Make it become part of your culture individually. Part of your your routine is to wake up and live the big three. Exercise. Don't be a shitty person and empathize with others and be thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. You got to repeat it verbally, write it down mentally inside you. Repeat it until it becomes part of your life, until it becomes your culture. Thank you guys for listening. Man, I love doing this stuff. My life can be a, a hot piece of shit right now, and I still love getting on here and talking to myself so that you bastards can listen and enjoy and hopefully get something out of this each week. I love doing it. You're the reason why I love doing it so much more than I ever thought because you're so supportive. So thank you all for that. Keep supporting. Hit the website, johnlabretti.com. Go to the Instagram pages. Go to the Facebooks. Keep giving keep giving the feedback. Email Diary at gmail. Do whatever you got to. Keep supporting. It's fuel on the fire. It's giving me the little motivation needed so I can maintain discipline to give you guys good content each and every week. I love you for it. Thank you. I love you all. Stay strong.